Welcome to the American Made and Paid Show, the home of free speech and independent thought. The big story is freedom of speech is really in trouble. The far left knows that at any time they can call for a sponsor boycott of anyone they despise. It is right here, right now, where you'll get your weekly dose of unfiltered truth. It's non-negotiable. Pre-existing conditions will be protected. This president has said this as a candidate. Insight. Very few people I know could have handled it. We can never, ever let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. Welcome, everybody, to the American Made and Paid Show edition number 43, I believe we're up against. I mean, I was talking to a buddy yesterday, and he was blown away that we were doing a daily weekday show Monday through Friday, and we've kept up with it for four. I'm waiting for the day when we hit our first milestone, which is 100. That's going to be at least 10,000 downloads there, and I'm really excited. So thank you guys for your support. If you haven't left a review and you've been listening to this, please go on iTunes. Leave us a review. It doesn't hurt. It definitely helps us get ranked. I really appreciate it. We're currently sitting at a close to five-star rating, so thank you so much for the kind feedback. But uh, before we jump into today's topic, I mean, how is it all feeling, Professor Dreg? I know no money's coming in yet, but slowly but surely. Got to be consistent. Yeah, no, I, I feel fine. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, I'm doing this because I like to, you know, I, I like to give a different opinion. And, uh, and I do know that how I see conservatism mm-hmm. is it's just not out there. It's in, and um, I, I just believe that we need an alternative voice for all the people who are like, you know, like spellbound by people like Candace Owens or Russell Brand or what's Laura that guy's Laura. name, Ben Shapiro or, yeah. or whoever. You I, know I, what I mean? I'll be honest. And I think my followers have been feeling this for a while, just to be honest. Like, I think. I'm a little checked out on some of these folks, not because I don't want to follow them anymore. It's just, it's not, it doesn't get to the meat of the issue because I was talking to a buddy of mine, also another fellow YouTuber. Um, and we're talking about the Bible. It's funny how people are kind of waking up a little bit. And he's like, dude, like it's a good and evil battle. You go to the Bible, everything that we know about what would have happened as far as government propaganda censorship racism all that all those issues that we have as concern was already predicted and there's a solution for all of it in there and it's funny how someone like you who's an atheist i tell people on on the channel it's like it's not just an echo chamber for christianity it's an echo chamber for truth <laughs> it's like yeah. you no, but it's the truth okay but here's the thing the reason why i'm hooked on the bible right now and, and it's cuz here's the thing uh, I'll, ma- I'll make two points. Mm-hmm. One, why I'm hooked on the Bible, and two, why it's hard to believe in the Bible. Uh, one, I'm hooked on the Bible because of my background. So I have two advanced degrees right. in behavioral sciences. And I'm shocked that all of my quote-unquote heroes stole all of their philosophies from the Bible. I don't care if it's Freud, Maslow, Erickson, anybody, even Pavlov. Uh-huh. All of these people stole it from the Bible. I'm thinking this is insane. This is like this is like grand theft, and and not one person from the church ever said, "Hey, you know these are philosophies in the Bible." <laughs> <laughs> and and the funny thing is, anybody who tried to do their own thing, anybody who tried to come up with their own methods for uh, reshaping human behavior, for making sure people were being governed more properly, it always ended up being horrible right and i I look i look at that with examples really uh crazy examples of when it starts with the individual and removing all traces of god right censorship speech the language and then eventually surrendering your arms to then when a country as a nation that ain't happening (laughs) yeah but one one when a nation every nation who instilled gun control in their countries which is the next thing after you don't value life anymore you don't value speech you don't value life they kill you so the funny, the thing is, I think we're, we're headed there, but the reason why I feel like, I, I just feel like it's a good, a battle between good and evil really at the end of the day. And I think that that's where, even though we may not always agree, Jesse Lee Peterson, when he says statements, right, just to reiterate it one more time on this show where he's like, racism doesn't exist and it never existed. That's not true. But I can see where he's 
bringing that from? You see what I mean? Like, I, that's not true. That statement in itself is not accurate because there are racists. There are white I know, supremacists. Like, I get what he's but saying. I know what he's I, saying. I know what he's saying. No, no and because I believe it too. Like, I honestly, uh, I, like, because like, I get it. Like, I understand what racism is. And but also, but the same people who don't understand what racism is are the same people who don't understand what xenophobia is or or homophobia, right? People who seem to be homophobic with their statements, you're not a homophobe. If you're a homophobe, you could oh, even be around. That, like I, I don't even believe homophobia is a real thing either. Like I, you know, like because deep down inside, like now that I understand. Well, I don't really because, understand it. Because we've, we've, we've actually, some conservatives will flat out say homophobia, like Islamophobia, I, I don't think that exists. Oh, Islamophobia doesn't exist. No, 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 but any phobia, because here's my point. My point is this. Now that I understand Rome, I forgot the Romans, the exact thing in Romans, but the one about the carnal mind. See, homophobia, just like racism, is all controlled in that realm of the carnal mind. Right. So in theory, all of that stuff doesn't exist because every single person will always be subjected to that type of that type of temptation, right? Well, not just temptation, but but in because let's say like like myself, I've never been tempted to do many many things, but mm-hmm. I'm bombarded by it all the time. So although I'm not affected by it, but I still see it. But but see the 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 way that logic can apply is because if somebody offered me cocaine right now it wouldn't phase me, right? I just, because it just wouldn't. But if they did that to somebody who was a recovering crack addict or somebody who uses cocaine on a regular basis, that's a very different story. But I, I don't want to say it in terms of drugs. I want our listeners to understand the logic behind that behavior because we're not tempted by drugs. If somebody offered me pot, if somebody offered me weed or heroin, I, I, I just, no, you know, and not because I'm missing out on it or anything. It's just, <laughs> those were things that to other people they've indulged in, right? that I just never had. And thankfully I don't, cause I do probably have an addictive personality and it's the same thing with, uh, sexual, uh, fantasies and sexual indulgences. So when people talk about the homophobia or the Islamophobia that exists, it solely comes from not wanting to hear the truth and nothing short of that. It's not a be- it's not a behavioral fear-based reaction. When a Baptist preacher is up there on, on the pulpit and he says, dude, this is an abomination before God, or when Louis Farrakhan goes up there and says, hey, you know, this ain't right. It doesn't make him a homophobe, but that's what progressivism has done to our language over time. Now, here's the thing. 40 years ago, you could say that. And nobody would have thought homophobia. It's like, okay, he, he believes that it's not right. Now, granted, different society, a lot of people thought gay wasn't the way. Like, that was the majority. Now, it's kind of lukewarm. Now, it's kind of like you got conservatives that are okay with gay marriage and Afghan. I think for a long well, time. A lot of conservatives say, oh, my daughter's a lesbian. It's like, well, maybe your daughter's a lesbian because they have a bad father as a role model. Well, that's what I'm saying. And I really do believe that parenting is extremely important. And I have yet to meet a politician who has ref- <laughs> Seriously. Everybody has lesbian daughters. Yeah. These- I don't know what that, I mean, like, but then people talk about like uh, Magic Johnson's kid or, you know, Kim Kardashian. I mean, you know, like all these like famous people's kids being kind of screwed up or whatever, right? Well, it's just because these people are celebrated individuals doesn't make them good parents. And I'm not saying that as a, as a, a pot shot at anybody, but it's like Michael no, Jackson. Michael, Michael uh, not Michael. Magic Johnson also <laughs> has AIDS. So, oh, know- is that true? I didn't, I, that I didn't even know. Seriously? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know much about Magic Johnson. I just know his son. Yeah, see, Magic Johnson is famous because he was like the very first straight guy to get HIV, who was famous. And uh, he was very adamant, I'm not gay and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you got HIV somehow. <laughs> well, the lead singer of, um, uh, you know, NWA, what's, we were talking about him a while back. Easy e was the same way. It's like, I'm not gay, but he died of AIDS. Yeah, well, see, and that, you know, and then Ice Cube made a song accusing him of having sex with the, uh, some Jewish dude, you know, the manager. The record producer, the record producer. Yeah, but then, uh, but at the same time, that could have just been a, a, uh, a euthanism, uh, 
for something like you know you're getting you bent that, over. Do you think that that guys some because this is this was in Freddie Mercury's story, right? It, it's not just about like maybe you were sexually abused or you're sexually molested, but like if your father was either too tough or too like there's a fine like I I don't even know the psychology. Yeah, that's why you don't beat your kids randomly. And yeah. I always say that never beat your kids out of anger because that messes them up in the head because you know when they're. Uh-huh. Angry, because it's like people think oh i need to be a strong father figure but i think if you were an effeminate father figure that's bad and if you were too strong (laughs) if you were like a baptist if you were some guy some fundamentalist who would just beat your kids for sport i think that that's also a problem you know what i mean so there's but but i'm gonna go back to the uh, hiv in the black community back in those times because in prison you gotta realize in the 80s and the 90s the majority, more than 50% of all prisoners were black. And, you know, and there was a time when almost everybody in prison had HIV. It was almost at 100%. And meaning it was everybody in prison had HIV. And when you get out, you're going to have sex with women. And, uh, And those women got HIV. So, I mean, and that's why it is feasible that Magic Johnson got HIV from a, just a regular girl because you know if he was doing what he was doing dating prostitutes and things like that because there was only four types of people who got HIV back in the old days and it's still pretty much the same it's gay people people mm-hmm. who engage in anal sex drug addicts and people who sleep with any of those three categories and that would be prostitutes yeah that would be you I know you know, so, and, and that's the thing. So it's like, um, and Magic Johnson was fucking prostitutes in essence. I mean, they might've been called themselves models or whatever, but they were prostitutes. They were black. And most likely those type of girls knew somebody in prison and they got AIDS, HIV. And it's still a big problem in, in, in our community only because, and I could only hear that one guy with the emailing, oh, that's stereotypes, but it's the truth. Almost every black person in prison had HIV in the 80s. It was insane. So why? Because of the drugs and, and, and anal sex going on in prison. It's just, what do you think goes on in prison? It's not yeah. Disneyland. And, uh, and that's why Ben Carson said what he said. You know, he, he goes, it's behavioral because everybody coming, getting out of prison is gay. You know, and, and that, 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 that That ties in also to not just that, but also what I want to talk about today, which is actually the most effective form of propaganda. Well, let me get into my second point, why I don't believe that. Because first, why I'm into the Bible. That okay. was my first, and the sure. second, why I don't believe it is because I can't prove time travel. Because that's, that's the, uh, the reason why I can't, like, why am I an atheist? Because I cannot prove time travel. This is the thing a lot of people, uh, Christians or Jewish people or Muslims, if you ask them, is time travel possible? And everybody will say no. And then, well, you don't believe in the Bible then because God set back, the, like he time traveled. He made, he took somebody in the Bible and he made him travel through time 24 hours. <laughs> and not just him. And in t- so he created a mul- uh, 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 alternate universe a day, after, a day before all the bad things happen. So in theory, there's two universes, one when this guy lost and another one when this guy wins. And we live in the alternate universe where he won. And, and it's basically because it was a test of faith and this guy didn't have faith, but he tried, but he, because God saw he didn't have faith, he let him fail. And then he goes, you know what? you did a good effort. I'm going to let you try it again. So he set back the day for 24 hours. Like he literally turned back the clock 24 hours and he let him relive that day. And this time he had complete faith and then he won. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's, that's, that's real time travel. So all of these theories that have been propped out is legit. Like, like the, the, theory relative like it's all real time is not linear because you know and that's where like see like reading this in the bible helps me understand a lot of the physics that everybody seems not to understand like time is linear no time is not linear that's why god was able to set back 
you know, sure. an entire 24 hours. And I think that's important because he didn't need 24 hours, but based on my math, it, because everything, anyway, I don't want to get into that, but that's why people do not believe in time travel. They just don't. Well, and, man can't uh, do it, but God can do it. Well, yeah, that's the whole point. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah. who can do it. Well, but, but see, no, what I'm trying to say is think about it. I'm answering your question because people don't believe it because they don't believe in God. Yeah, that's my point. But ask any yeah. Christian, is time travel possible? Do you honestly believe God can come back and change time? I mean, if you have a verse in the beginning of John, beginning of the gospel of John, where it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And Jesus was there from the beginning. And he was the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Come on. Like that's, that's some language right there that tells you that time is bendable. Like no, time but, but is, that's is, the whole, but, that's the whole premise of the Mobius. Uh, yeah, but so I, I, no, I believe it. <laughs> I, I believe it because it's actually pretty literal. Think about it. When, 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 if, if a statement in the Bible is something like that, where Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, you, you, you can't make a statement like, because that gives you, what is that? A 360 um, sort of a perspective on time, right? As in past, present, future. Three types of words, three dimensions. Time is not linear. It's geometric, right? Yeah. And that right there, for me, at least how I interpret it with my brain, because, you know, that's no, how I, I, funny. That I'm just like, yeah, it, it, it's not linear. I don't believe that. Your last statement goes directly into what you want to talk about, because, you know, the apocalypse from the X-Men, that's his catchphrase. Oh, you know, whatever from yesterday, and today, and where tomorrow. he got it from. Yeah, no, but I'm telling you, I all of these, even me, like the reason why, like the first reason why I put up the Bible was to steal, you know, because I needed some ideas to write a story. And then I was like, oh man, I got my story right here in Genesis, sixth day, you know? So it's like, and even Arnold Schwarzenegger has a movie called The Sixth Day. The Sixth Day, yeah. yeah I've seen and that. so, you know, it's like, come on, it's just what people do. It's so, you know, whatever. That, but that ties into what we want to really talk about. But it relates to everything because all of our topics are just these little streams that flow into one big ocean that is what it is that we talk about. So I want to talk about the most effective form of propaganda throughout history. And I want to talk about specifically in the Western world, because it's safe to say that the Western world pioneered films, right? Pioneered like movie making and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know which. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, think about before movies became a booming industry. And this is actually part of marketing because it's something that I learned from doing what I do now, which is like online sales and marketing. So it's nice how I'm tying in what I get paid to do, which is conservative making money to how it actually influences people. And we have to understand that the most effective propaganda tool that sets the basis for, first of all, our laws today, how progressivism is pushed is from birth of a nation, flat out, plain and simple. That film is probably the most effective tool for propaganda when it was released at that time because what it did was it set the tone for how progressivism was going to determine who was deemed you know superior or inferior based on that and it was taken at face value like it was okay and that's what i want to get into is the notion <laughs> no, of but, but 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 before i get into that let me finish my statement like the the film in itself right was the first film ever aired show, showed in the white house right preserved in the national film registry like one of those critical films that are culturally aesthetically significant right as is what they would call it and this is no different from what happened later in germany with goebbels his films in Nazi Germany was what drove the war machine. It's what drove the propaganda machine to actually convince people to kill each other. And what I'm trying to get at is that think about this in today's terms, and we can dive into this. Think about the format that man, that people spend the most money on, any creative project. It's a movie. Movies yeah. cost $300 million to make. They are, if you think about it, not talking about rockets or spaceships here or airplanes, as far as a creative medium of communication, it is the most expensive and most expansive form of communicating with the masses. That's yep. why we make films. That's why films nowadays, hey, if it's the top movie of the year, it'll do a billion in the box office, no problem. I'm serious. Like that, That's like an average number now. Like back in the day, hitting a billion was like, oh, only Titanic did that. Now it's like the best movies do like, okay, so like Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Oh, 
No, I think that's the highest grossing movie ever. Ever, yeah, I think so. Uh, but, but I'm almost positive they beat but, Avatar. But what I'm trying to say is think about all the money that goes into hiring actors, right? Now, what are actors? Pretenders, for lack of a better word. This is where my independent thinking comes from because I want to, this is like, we talk about all this type of stuff. Like actors are pretenders. They're pushing a message. Somebody writes a script, plays it. Millions of people see it. The amount of money that goes into marketing and advertising for a film with a particular message or a tone sets an agenda for how a culture is going to receive things at that time, right? So a lot of films have gone the whole SJW route, you know, female Ghostbusters, you know, you got to have affirmative action representation in films now. And people are picking up on that. But more importantly, one thing I want to jump into is the idea that when it comes to films, right, when it comes to how we even see value, remember when like James Bond movies were just the biggest thing ever? And it's like, with that, you actually saw consumerism in particular markets actually rise because of certain movies, like when Rambo or whatever came out or when some war movie, Green Berets, whatever came out, people went out and bought guns. Like when people made movies about James Bond with diamonds and everything, diamond sales went up, even though diamonds are actually worthless and they're actually one of the hardest things to flip. Most people don't actually know that. You know what I mean? What I'm trying to say is people can actually influence industry just from films and propaganda. And this is not surprising to people, but it's interesting to dive into it and think about that some of the greatest propaganda films pushed a progressive agenda and actually still leaves a tone as to how we govern people today and how we look at things. Birth of a Nation, arguably one of the most influential films. You got to call it for what it is. Yeah, of all time, right? (laughs) It's like the heart of the progressive issue right there. But uh, if you look at the movies all time movies yeah avatar remember that movie avatar oh yeah when everybody's blue yeah yeah i love what that was that really about colonialism pocahontas type N- N- well and not just that but that was like just like oh god like everything about that movie was just all about you know global warming and global impact from you know yeah. humans and but instead of you know humans it was you know blue people <laughs> you know what i mean and sure sure it's a weird thing and it's like ah oh, god it's, it, it it getting dumb. getting people to watch it and hate humanity's impact on the environment is what what people would but see but that was and that was I mean, I'm looking at the numbers right now. I don't think I don't think uh, Endgame's going to catch Avatar, but yeah, Avatar. <laughs> that that's a really good example of propaganda that that you know people are really unaware of it. Implicit. They're just yeah. unaware of that type of propaganda. And even now, Star Wars is is it's just SJW. It's an SJW. Well, movie. and and that's the thing that, that okay. So here's the thing. You and I both can appreciate and love Star Trek, right? But Star Trek will never get to the number ones for this very reason right here that I'm about to say. Any sci-fi film that depicts humanity as not advancing but regressing and having to seek out other worlds because of our so-called environmental mistakes, you see that in Alien, you see that in, in, in Avatar, you, to some degree... You see that in like really popular sci-fi movies like Prometheus and, and all these types of movies where it involves space travel, right? It's like the earth is dead. Humans went somewhere else. Think about it, guys. That's getting you to, to, to feel like environmentalism is the reason for why our planet died. And you got millions of people who unconsciously buy into that and believe it. The, what I love about Star Trek is this is great because you're, you're going you're gonna to like this. They talk about humanity as advancing. There is no racism. Earth is more beautiful than it ever has been. And you went out and you explored. And more importantly, you made peace with other alien races. You see what I'm saying? But that type of stuff will never be number one. Even though it, like Star Trek has its, its own dated type qualities and everything. That's what I take away you know, from it. And that's funny because you're right. In the top 100 movies ever, Star Trek is nowhere to be but, found. But we can all agree that to people who don't... But Suicide Squad is here. 
It's yeah, number but, 100. <laughs> but no, 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 no. To stay, to stay to the point of, of, of sci-fi movies, right, and the messages that they push, Star Trek is arguably... Star Trek came along before Star Wars. It came along before Alien. It came along before Predator. It came along before most space sci-fi movies. It is the most influential of all of them because it came first. But it is the least popular. It yeah, depicts and it, it because because like also understand it depicts humanity as advancement right as, as you know embracing of different races as being something that's a good thing not actually pushing a stereotype that humans are exterminating indigenous people on other alien planets and you know fighting off aliens and stuff like that like with xenophobia and you see what I'm trying to say here it, it's all very subliminal it's all very implicit. We like that. Star, not the newer Star Treks are turning in that direction, though. Yeah, I know. But but uh, I'm telling, yeah, it's amazing how Star Trek is not in the top 100 movies. Right, even though it is the most, it's it's probably some of the most influential media franchises. Suicide ever. Squad is at number 100 with 746 million dollars uh, worldwide, <sighs> and. Uh, yeah, there's not that many movies that made a billion dollars. It's, it's, it's only 39. Yeah. 39 movies in the history of the world has made a billion bucks. And that's, but, but aside that's from the money that's being made, do you, do you, do you see a trend here? Like, aside from the money that's being made, do you see the, the pattern? Do you see the, the, what yeah. I'm trying to get but the, at? You know what they say? They say Bollywood makes tons of money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, but I have no but there's no Bollywood movies in here. Well, this is United States markets. I guess it's United States and European markets because yeah, box office mojos is only for American movies. They don't talk about other because I know movies in China do pretty well. Yeah, yeah, of course. In their markets, and Hollywood movies are huge, like huge, and most people don't know about them. It's like, but but yeah, but to your point, I totally understand it, and um, but you know, like. But the th- I'm trying to look like what would be considered a conservative, <laughs> like, you know, like Harry Potter would be conservative type stuff. You know, there's not a lot of sex in that. You know what I mean? It's just good old fashioned family fun, you know, because you know what's you a conservative. Okay, so one of my favorite movies ever, I know we're talking about movies, but it pertains to propaganda. Have you ever seen The Goonies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is the that is the one of the if you watch that movie from start to finish and you pick up on the messages, it is the most conservative, adventure, family friendly movie you could watch. Because think about it, it's a bunch of kids who are about to lose their house. Yeah, go on a treasure hunt and they find treasure, dodge all these booby (laughs) traps and everything, and get the treasure and save their house. They save their family's neighborhood, right? Think about how conservative that is. Seriously, I, I like the reason why I love The Goonies so much, and I feel like I, I, I mean, it's crazy, right? It's, it's one of those just fun movies that you watch with your family or whatever. I feel like I revisit that movie once a year. Now, as I look at it from a conservative perspective, like just looking at things differently, think about it. It's these 12-year-old kids who run away from home and are, are literally running away from, from uh, the cops and uh, those Ita- that Italian family that's trying to like chase them down while they go find the, the the pirate ship or whatever. Like, think about it. Think about how conservative of a movie that is, and what it says about like, hey, you're about to lose your house. Get with a bunch of friends. Try to go on an expedition to find treasure. Make your own way. Make your own money. Make your own money in like a night. That's literally yeah. what they did. Was well, they went out and found their own money in one night came home and saved their family's neighborhood from being foreclosed on. It's, that's why I love The Goonies so much. I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. I will be that guy to say, I believe, you look at the themes of it, it's one of the best movies ever. Oh, no, no, it is. No, no, trust me. Goonies to this day is still played on cable television. Yeah. It was on last night. It was amazing. It was on one of my favorite. Yeah, one of my favorite films ever. And now as a conservative, when I look at that, I'm like, Dude, those kids are badass. Those kids are like the founding fathers. Like that's exactly what they did. Like, no, but think about this though, because I really want to go back to Harry Potter. Okay. And think about, I mean, because people really don't understand what's actually being shown in Harry Potter. 
Harry Potter is a story of a boy who was, you know, adopted. And the villain of the story is a, another boy who was adopted. You know, so it's two adopted kids. One is evil, one is good. <laughs> but the whole movie is about family. Family stick to, sticking together, being together. So the good side, you know, is, is like uh, the Weasley family. And it's a huge family. How many kids did, did, uh, did the Weasleys so, have? I, I got to be honest with you. I never watched Harry Potter. Like, I don't know. You should read the books. First, you should read the books and then watch the movie. Because, like, those books are actually, it's more extensive. But the the bottom line is this. Everybody has family. All the families are intact. And the Weasley family, who are considered poor, uh, you know, they have tons of kids. And and because they all stick together, like, Harry Potter... Hermione Granger, all of these people, everything resolve, revolves around this big giant family and that family unit. And everybody has to stick together as a family unit in order to triumph over evil. And then at the end of everything, you know, Harry Potter ends up marrying one of the daughters of the Weasley clan. You know what I mean? So it's, it's an amazing thing. So it's like, wow. So there wasn't like... Yeah. You know, there wasn't like everybody dating one another. Nobody's dressed up slutty. It's it's real hardcore, old-fashioned family sticking together, and that will triumph over evil. Right. Just how it works. Yeah. And then and then and then, and, but it goes into like some families are just evil, and uh, and it, it and it gets into that too. And it's like it's amazing though because the you know Voldemort, he is you know an adopted kid. You know what I mean? But the bottom, and could he be turned, could he be like turned into a good person, blah, 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 blah. And the answer was new. (laughs) But even though Harry Potter was adopted and he had, because it's a a trippy, um, it's a trippy, trippy concept that you can split your soul. And so anyway, so he had like an evil, he literally had evil in him. Harry Potter did. But even though he had evil in him, he could still overcome it. And, uh, and, and, but, and the thing is, it's that story is like, you know, it comes to question, you know, about adoption, you know, like is that all adoptions bad, even though the kids are bad can, you know, and no, like adoption could be good. So that's a viable and, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people can predict what I'm going to say, but adoption is a viable uh, option over abortion. Right. And that's actually in Harry Potter movies, because even though the kid is evil and unwanted, quote unquote, they still take him in. Because why? Eh. Even though they mistreated him, you know, but they still took him in, da-da-da-da-da, blah, 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 blah. And, and that's the thing. So it's like, it's a, it's a trippy thing how movies could serve as something good and bad. But for the most part, <laughs> Hollywood is just really bad. And like the movies in, in, in Hollywood are just fantastically just gross. But that's, um, but so like, you know, we can talk all day about the mainstreaming of sexuality, promiscuity, killing, all that kind of stuff. But I want to dive into some of these like really great movies and actually what they represent because sometimes like like a film like the goonies is a classic right just like a film like home alone which i look like the home alone kid i think is a fantastic film not because it's a christmas film or whatever but think about what the character does to eat to get out of trouble think about what the guy does to I guess, you know, in a traditional story to defeat the bad guys, right? It's this eight-year-old kid who gets left at home alone and he's vulnerable to danger. He's vulnerable to attackers, right? To robbers. So he turns his home, his fort, keyword there, his fort, which most, you know, you wouldn't be able to get away with that today, even if you, you know, had this rudimentary style engineering, right? He turns his home into a living booby trap. And he catches the bad guys and he fends for himself and takes care of the house while his family is gone. And then he gets accepted back into his family again, even though he's the ruckus of the family, but because he, he protects the house from being robbed, from being destroyed. It's like, that's, that's, think about that for a second. 
there's that there's that what's what's that parable right like you watch the master's house while they're gone and when they come back you got to make sure that you got it in place like that's home alone is like the best example of that and people are like oh well that's just a goofy film with macaulay culkin running around like you know beating up on these robbers but i'm like you gotta look at the subtext here like it's it's about sovereignty it's about doing things yourself you know that part where yeah. he checks into the hotel in Home Alone two, and Don actually Donald Trump's in that movie because he actually does a cameo. He's like yeah, he's in a lot yeah, of he's movies. in that movie. Donald, Donald Trump's Trump. in that movie, but in Home Alone two, there's a part where he he like I think fakes a recording of his dad's voice and checks into the hotel with a credit card and makes up some story about how his dad had to run out for business, or whatever. Checks into the plaza and then like just gets a freaking gets a suite just from like hustling his way in like you like you have to look at that and be like dude do kids today think like that would a kid today be able to do something like that you well know, not not many but some i mean because there's a joke yeah uh, sure sure what there was a joke that dave Chappelle said that he goes not every 15 year old is the same you know and and yeah, the joke course. was this it was like that one 15 year old was kidnapped and she was only like five blocks away from her house. But then uh, that one white girl, that's what he said. That one white girl, you know, da-da-da-da-da, she was kidnapped and it, horrible, horrible. But then uh, a black girl who was 12 years old kidnapped, she gnawed her way through the ropes and she ran 10 miles to get help. <laughs> and then not everybody, not every child is the same. Yeah. And uh, so you can't say like everybody, you don't know how fast people mature or whatnot. And, and yeah, that is true valid, like, because everything's completely valid. Like, why was I able to survive? And my other friends weren't, you know, I, I have no idea, but, uh, but going back to movies, uh, home alone too. Yeah. Like how many kids could do that? Not many. I, I believe some kids could, because I, I believe kids, who have families intact and, and their parents, you know, like there's a movie called Hannah. I don't know if you ever heard of that movie, Hannah. It's, 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 uh, it's this kid was raised by her dad to just, tra- he, tra- he trained her to kill, just to grow up to be a killer. And, uh, you know, with extent of weight training and, and just, you know, <laughs> fighting and yeah, it's, it's, you should watch. It's actually pretty good. And uh, so anyway, so he was trained to kill, he trained her to kill his, her mother, <laughs> who's, who's also like a CIA agent, but like a spy for like the wrong side, I guess. And, and uh, yeah, Hannah was just a killing machine, <laughs> you know, raised, but is that possible? Yeah, of course. There's, you know, there are people out there that are honestly like that and uh, not like Hannah, cause you know. But, you know, there's just people who are just trained in martial arts like their entire life. You know, as little boys, little little girls, they, you know, like those Shaolin monks, you know, they train as kids and, and, and can some people do it? Yeah, but I get your point. Can your average American kid do that? Can your average, like, here's the thing. Well, can a Mexican kid survive better than a an american kid probably oh yeah of course so i put my money on that mexican kid every single time (laughs) or any kid in south america yeah because they grow up a lot faster they grow up without you know the things that we take for granted like internet access everywhere it causes you to just reconfigure and and be resourceful in your own way yeah, exactly. So, you know, but these movies help us become soft. It really does. Like, there's a lot of movies like Home Alone, but come on, when was the last time another Home Alone came out? And, you know, and like, also, films now aren't really original ideas or groundbreaking, right? Unless it's like an art film, like a David Lynch style. People are like, I didn't get it. And they're like, well, you're not artsy enough, so you're not going to get it. And it's like, just shut up, man. You know? Yeah, but I'm thing- looking at all the movies that came out last week, all the movies oh, in Hollywood right now. There's Aladdin, Godzilla, Rocket Man, which is Elton John. Some yeah. movie called Mom, which is like some crazy, scary movie. Well, what we do now is we make remakes of stuff that were great in the past, right? Whereas, like, Home Alone is a classic. Like, it's, it, it'll, it'll be good. It was good then. It'll still be good, you know? The Goonies I, I believe, was good then. It'll still be good. Yeah. Well, okay, there's a movie called Booksmart. 
I want to say, have you seen that? Have you heard of that movie? I've heard of it. Okay, so, okay, so, yeah, so Book Smart is a movie about two girls who are super smart, but they have no life experiences. So they go out in the world trying to, you know, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the trailers. It's supposed to be like super bad. But for two girls, you know, and <laughs> but super bad was two guys who couldn't get laid and they were trying to. Yeah, go well, but that, it's the same writer. So the writers who wrote super bad wrote this book smart. <laughs> and uh, so I want to see it. But but I think book smart is an example of what you're talking about. It's just we're soft people They're They just people don't know how to act on their own because they're sheltered. Even the book smart kids are sheltered. And in theory, most book smart people are conservative, but you know, come on, even these conservative people, their kids, they couldn't survive. How many of these kids know how to fight or even light a fire with, with no, seriously, how many kids can light a fire with matches? <laughs> seriously, it might sound stupid, but it, it'd be hard for these kids, even with a lighter, a big lighter. I don't know if they could even light a, or start a fire. I don't know if they know, like, hey, look, get something that would actually burn. Don't get something that's soggy. Or, you know, make sure, like, the twig is dry, not all wet in the inside. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of kids just don't know. And uh, even conservative kids. And it kind of brings back to, it's like, do we really need things like the Boy Scouts? And, you know, like, we talked about this yesterday about camping and things like that. Like, nobody ever goes camping. Who goes camping? You know what I mean? But when Home Alone was made, camping was a thing everybody did. Survival techniques is kind of like what people did. And when did I, I, yeah. Home Alone come out? In the 80s, 90s? Early 90s. Yeah, so, and, and now times have changed when nobody goes camping. And if people go camping, what, what's that? You said yeah. it too, the kind of camping women go through. Not the hotels, oh, but... No, my, my dad made a joke about, like, how we only have hotels because, like, men will sleep outside and women want hotel rooms. Like, my dad said something really funny. Like, I can't... I don't know how to... It, it's something like... He said something like, men will sleep in their cars. Men will sleep outside. Men will, you know... <laughs> that's just what we do, but... Because we were talking about feminized men last night. No, but see, but that's... But that's the truth. Women, when they go camping, they'll bring in like these air mattresses and, and like the Brady Bunch. They'll bring in fried chicken and, and like pre-made food and things like that. And come on, that's not real camping. But anyway, camping, but that's you got to go point. catch your fish. You got to go fish. Yeah. Go hunt. You know you're going to eat fish when you go camping because that's the only food out there unless you're going to go catch a squirrel. But, you know, in theory, yeah, you go fishing when you go camping or, and you know, things like that. But, um, the point is this, the movies today reflect how we are as a society. Just, we are just addicted to our internet. We're addicted to our shit. We're too lazy to even turn a page. We got a, an audio books. People have to read it to us. You know what I mean? Like seriously, like literally, yeah. I've never tried. I mean, but then again, like to be fair, I've never tried audiobooks, so I don't know if it's better or not. But uh, because you're driving, I guess you could. But I don't know. It's like you you tune out because you're driving. You know what I mean? It's like how can you drive and try to pay attention at the same time? Like you know, like when you I listen to talk radio, but I'm not really paying attention because I'm really driving. So, uh, so I know. I don't know. I just don't think audiobooks would work but that's my point people are so lazy they can't even turn a page you know out of fear of a paper cut or something i don't know but um uh, you know so to be fair you have to honestly think that way like in, in order to be fair to everybody it is like times are changing where we aren't self-reliant people come on what because here's the thing do we really need to go hunting? Do we really need to learn how to hunt? Do we really need to learn how to, you know, make a fire? No. Shit, we, where we live, I mean, and that's the point. So it's like, so just over time, we don't need to be cavemen. So like, that's the counterpoint. So in reality, there's a reason why things like Home Alone aren't made anymore because our society has changed where 
everything. I mean, seriously, we don't even have to cook anymore. We could have our foods already delivered to you pre-made. Just heat it up in the microwave or whatever instructions they tell you. That's our world is turning into that. You know, the day that we have to kill uh, deer, venison, we don't need to kill venison. Yeah. We don't because it's just we don't live that way anymore and people who who still do that stuff today have to actively go and seek those things out and the thing is you're more likely to still continue th doing things like that if they were taught to you as a child i learned that like with me i love fishing i would go out fishing because my family used to fish off the colorado river when i was 10. we would do that oh, wow. on like saturday mornings at like four in the morning when all the before the jet skis would come in they'd scare away all the trout yeah. I'm serious. Like that was a real thing we did. We went and we'd fish off the Colorado River and I can see myself doing that, driving up to like the Colorado River, Grand Canyon, whatever, and fishing off. Like I, I can see myself doing that because I, I did that as a kid. And a lot of people I know will hunt for leisure just like recreationally because they were exposed to it as a child. They, they, they don't freak out when it comes to skinning a squirrel or a rabbit. Like they don't freak out eating game or anything because <laughs> they were brought up on it. Like and yeah. I think that that's really important. And if, but if you're really an enthusiast and you want to get into these, you know, old school ways that movies, movies aren't made like that anymore. So we're not conditioned to think that way. Um, then, you know, you have to actually go and make the effort to learn how to use a gun, how to use a 22 rifle. Have to, you have to actually learn how to skin an animal properly if you're not giddish about it. You know, like I, I learned how to gut a fish when I was 10. Like literally yeah. like take the guts out and clean it and all that kind of stuff. Debone it, fillet it. Have like, seen a chicken get killed? Uh, yes, I have. It walks yeah, around for a bit. No, no, I'm telling Yeah, because I'm telling you. Now I remember why. I like I I mean I eat meat but I, I can't I can't stand watching things die. Yeah. I mean because, I'm not, uh, fish well, I don't I mind. Mean, this, I, I used to skin fish, but I didn't um Well no, this is a real story. I mean this is like this really actually happened. My grandma was super old and uh like she was a hundred and something when she died, like maybe hundred and ten when she passed away. And uh so she was a strong, healthy woman. And so she was like eighty. <laughs> I'm not kidding you chasing down chickens. Cause we had a chicken coop and all this other stuff. And, and I used to hang out in there every day and just like the chickens were my friends because you know, like, like, um, in Latin families, it's like black, white, like the kids. So I was the blackest in, in my family, like darkest, the only one with like the super Afro, whatever. So like I was, um, you know, because there was a lot of whites in my family. This is how it works. Uh, we're, the blacks are treated differently than whites. It's just like the whites are favored, blacks are not. So my friends were the literal chickens in our chicken coop. <laughs> so they right. were my friends, you know what I mean? And here comes my grandma <laughs> just chasing down my friends and whack, just, you know, she'd catch one and then she'd put the head on the block and just chop it off and that chicken would just running all over the place without a head <laughs> Absolutely. but then i wouldn't eat yeah. it out of protest i was like no you killed my friend i'm not gonna eat it and uh oh man so uh yeah it was crazy like just but that's the whole thing it's it's uh like i could hunt i can kill things but yeah i just don't like it don't like it only because of my childhood you know what i mean it's everybody has different experiences as kids so like your experience is totally different than mine. So like, I always feel uncomfortable. That's why I'm going to be that guy that will not go hunting. I want other people to do it for me. Yeah. And it, because I'm telling you now, it's hard to watch something die. It's, it just is like, and a, but I, but if you do it in a way where it's clinical, like, like you have an experience where you could kill something clinically. It's not yeah. a big deal. You did it with your dad. It's a loving experience. Well, I, I've never killed a deer, but I've killed fish. I mean, but no, fish... But the same thing. Fish are flopping, like in yeah, biology. Didn't no, you no. ever have... Well, I don't know if you did this in biology, but in biology, this is what we did. We get the fish out of water. We put it in a napkin. What the napkin, and we put it under a microscope so we can see that it had an open circulatory system. Oh, okay. It doesn't have veins and stuff like that. It's just, you can just see, so under a light and a microscope, you can see the circulatory system of a goldfish. But when you're getting the goldfish out, you see it flopping. And so, you yeah. know, it's alive. 
And so like when you're killing a fish, you're little, you're literally killing. It's not like a chicken where it's running around, but I know, I know. So now that you phrase it that way, even though I did that as a kid, I don't know if I could do it now. <laughs> you know, it's just well, no, but the thing is you could do it now because your perspective will always be different. See, like, like here's an example uh, of how things can be done clinically. When I was, uh, the first time I worked on a human cadaver, I was 16. And uh, I had to get special permission also because of my age. But it was freaky seeing a dead body. It really was. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, you man up. I've, on, I've, I've, I've only seen dead bodies in caskets. That's about it. That's as dead as I get. I've never seen like a dead body on the road. Well, no, but the thing is like this, here's my point. My point is as freaked out as I was about it, trying to joke because, you know, and my jokes are really childish. And, but then again, I was 16 because the penis was erect because of the fl embalming fluids. So I always made jokes about that. I was like, dang, I wish I was like that. And when I'm get dead or something like that, I, you know, I, you know, I'd make stupid <laughs> jokes to the girls. Are you going to chop it off and glue it to your wall and have fun? And you know, I'd say stupid things like that. <laughs> But I was really freaked out that I'm like, man, does this dude got a soul or because, I, you know, my uh, instructor was a nun. And, uh, you know, and so she talked about stuff like that. She was like, hey, you guys got to respect this person's body because this and that, da, 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 da. And I'm thinking, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like we're inside messing around with this dude's, you know, because we would pull the tendons just to see yeah you know, the, the the muscles work and and, and right. this and that blah, blah 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 but anyway so my point is this that as freaked out as i was about it it allowed me to do nursing you know go in the or and, and do all these things and even though i was still grossed out about it you know you're still like some things you just never lose you know even though it was years between working with the cadaver and working on the or it was years a years gap but yeah. still, I was still able to do it. So you will still be able to kill, you know, because it was a positive experience. And you had a positive experience about it. You're not freaked out over it. But I was freaked out about death since I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, because, man, I had all these crazy experiences. But that said, um, you know, but I still did it. You know what I mean? I was like, ah, whatever. I, I, it's a job. I got to do it. Even changing a dirty diaper on an adult. It's like, hey, you got to do it. It's, you don't want to do it, but you do it. But you, you know do, what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. So it's, it's a matter of like, so some people can kill. Like I couldn't, I can't kill. I, I, it's just not in me. Mm -hmm. As violent as I am, I know it's not in me to just kill something. I just couldn't do it. And, but I'll eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, hey, man, you guys, I, look, I, I'm a... Uh, <laughs> I'm a coward. I almost said something else, but anyway, I, I'm cowardly, so therefore I cannot kill. Well, and uh, it's just not in my DNA. And um, yeah, yeah, I just, I just could. I think, I think I could hunt, but I don't think I could kill. Like I would not. I, I don't think I could serve in the military and kill. I just don't think I could really. Like I would, I would join the military on the contingency that it would teach me cool skills. But being deployed and having to like shoot somebody is like God. Yeah, I mean, I'm, they train you for that, of course. But it's just like, dang, like, come on, man, I can't do that. Like, no, but I could hunt, but I don't think I could ever kill, like, kill another human. No, but even in fighting, I'm not that guy that just keeps beating on somebody when they're down. I remember, oh my God, this is like, okay, so, you know, this is on, this is by Roosevelt, and uh, and all kinds of crazy stuff would always happening. So in um. Uh, my boy, uh, I'll just call him Caesar. So my boy Caesar was on the phone, just pay phones back in the old days. And then some, and, and, uh, and this is like, like a Mexican area where everybody's like illegal. So, uh, so these illegals were, uh, messing with them, you know, because they wanted to use the phone too, but he was on the phone and, and a big fight just happened. And then, and, we used to call it the three corners because at all three corners, there was all these Mexican bars. So everybody came out. And uh, so me and big, um, I'll just call him Jess, big Jess. And, and so me and big Jess were walking across, just randomly walking across the street. 
And I'm like, and then I saw somebody get kicked right in the face in the eye. And you just heard this pop sound. And I'm like, hey, isn't that, uh, uh, I'll call him Caesar. Isn't that uh, Caesar? And then, and then, uh, and then uh, the big boy goes, yeah. Uh, we'll call him Jess. Big Jess goes, hey, yeah. So I ran across the street immediately. And I used to have these rings, like these death rings, like skulls with spikes and stuff. <laughs> so I had like brass knuckles, but there were rings, like motorcycle rings. So yeah. anyway, we start fighting. And not we, me. I start fighting. I, I get in front of uh, 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 Caesar because his eyes closed. And he can't see for nothing. And then so I start just boxing everybody. Because like how you do it, like there's a little fence. And so like nobody can get to me because there's a wall on one side, this little fence on the other side, and then the phone booth. And I'm just like one at a time just boxing people to boom, boom, boom. So, you know, <laughs> they didn't want to get too close because they didn't want to get hit yeah. with my rings. So anyway, so eventually uh, Caesar's able to reopen his eye. And Caesar is a madman. And that guy... Oh, and then, so anyway, so before he opens his eye up, some dude comes rolling around in a truck and he goes, hey, isn't that Snoop uh, fighting? And uh, so they get out with, because, you know, there were construction. So they had these construction hammers, like like uh, these big giant like hammers with that are metal hammers. And they started hitting people with those hammers. So after all that, cause I'm thinking, hey, I know I was a ton of Mexican dudes. How did I get out of, oh yeah, because, uh, two dudes in a, in a truck comes up and they recognize me <laughs> and uh and this one and like a few guys came up i remember like this one uh like he's an effeminate black dude and he goes i ain't afraid of no mexicans and then he got <laughs> slapped he got back in this because they drove off but then when the other two came uh with the uh with their construction tools cleared house and uh caesar was uh able to open up his eye but then caesar grabbed one of the dudes because the construction truck was parked on the street and Caesar picked him up and was pounding his head on this concrete, just pounding, pounding. And he'd pick him up, slam his face against the metal rods. I don't know if you've seen a construction truck, how they have those rods. Yeah. And, uh, the dude is just screaming, are you the man? Are you the man? Like in Spanish, you know, are you the man? And, uh, and anyway, so I was like, after the third time, this guy gets his head slammed because, you know, there's still tons of people. And then the fight's already over. Yep. And Caesar's still fucking up this dude. He's like, this is the guy. This is the guy. This... And I'm like, nah, man, just, you got to let him go. You're going to kill him. And he goes, mm-hmm. I want to kill him. I'm like, oh, my. You know what I mean? But then I was just like, dude, you got to stop. And Caesar was going to fight me. And I'm thinking, Jesus, dude, come on now. And I said, the fucking cops are coming. Yeah. And uh, anyway, but you know what I mean? Like, I felt so bad for that dude that got, even though he started everything, dude, like nobody get, nobody deserves to get beat like that. No, I know. So and I, you know, I, it doesn't help. It's on the individual. And it also has a big, a big part of it comes from just what's around us and our propaganda. But there's, but there. see, but my, here's the point. There is something wrong with people who like to do these types yeah. of things to hurt people deliberately or kill people or or even because it's just dude if you ever watch a deer get killed or something like that it's yep. something it's something, Baby. <laughs> something is wrong with that person like because i get it right. i totally understand the whole notion like because like you know like look i know hunters i know a lot of people who hunt to kill but <coughs> just to watch something just die, dude. It's I'm telling you now. It's not a. I hate to watch. It's like, dang, dude. You know what I mean? And not just because the chickens are my friends. Because any psychologist, any behavioral therapist, yeah, because you had a bad experience when you're a little boy with your chicken friends being murdered. It's like, no, man. Even as an adult, watching a deer die is not pleasant. Because it's like, come on, can't you just chop off its head and, and end the misery? And then they go, well, because you got to, you know, like my friends, they kill it with arrows because I guess it's more sanitary. You know, it's healthier to eat. You just right. don't, you know, shoot a deer because <laughs> of the lead. You know what I mean? You want to preserve yeah. as much of the, uh, but they said if you chop off the head a certain way, then something will like, it'll rot something in the inside. I don't know. I don't know anything about hunting, but I, you know, to me, it's like, once you get him down with the arrow, can't you just chop him, chop his head off and just, 
end the misery. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah these fuckers, they just, they just hunt. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, man, but there's something, I mean, I get it. We're supposed to kill animals, but your perspective know, man. there has to like be a better way. Something messed up about that. Like, <laughs> Well, it's in the Bible, you know what I mean? Like, we're supposed to go hunting. We're, we're supposed to kill, you know, the farm animals and stuff like that. Yeah. So <laughs> He looks happy today. Yes, <laughs> well, yeah. we got to wrap up the show, guys. So uh, any final thoughts, Professor Dreg? It looks like... Uh, no, I mean, shoot, there's so many movies to go over. I wish we could have gone over more movies. We'll we do it more. We'll have to see. I, I would love to go longer, but our audience from my data drops off after the first hour. So it's just that's just the, how it is. Yeah, so that's all right. When do we go live? But thank you guys for listening to the American Maiden Page Show. Really appreciate you guys. Hope you guys had a good time listening to what we have to say. And we'll always continue diving in and out of these topics every single day. We got to keep it in an hour because I know that people's attention spans are short. So thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you all soon.